vote for Don, and he will make miners safer. He will? He went to jail for helping to kill 29 of them. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. It ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Clowns and Jokers, beware from Pacifica Radio. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and in Cottage Grove on Queso. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Palinville, New York's WLPP. Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR. New Orleans, WHIV, in Gallup, New Mexico, on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker. All-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Coming up, uh, West Virginia's dark lord of coal country, Don Blankenship. He's just out of jail after serving a year in the federal penitentiary, after being found guilty in relation to safety violations by his coal company, which led to an explosion and the deaths of 29 coal miners in West Virginia in 2010. But now, now that he's out of jail, West Virginia Republicans may be on the verge of rewarding him with a nomination to run for the U.S. Senate this November, incredibly enough. Yeah, I guess it's it's incredible, but it's kind of the way the Republican Party's been going these days. It is kind of, isn't it? We will be joined by the inimitable Bob Kincaid from Coal Country of West Virginia momentarily to talk about that and related developments in the state's primary elections, which are coming up in just a very few short weeks' time. But, uh, Des, i got to get to some uh, quick news items here. Speaking of the U.S. Senate and its Coal Country Republican leader, Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah. There will be no Senate vote on protecting special counsel Robert Mueller. There will be no vote on clawing back billions of dollars from a new spending law and probably, probably no vote on a war authorization. That, according to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, during an interview on Fox News with Neil Cavuto on Tuesday, that even as the Republican-led Senate Judiciary Committee is preparing to advance a bipartisan bill that would shield the special prosecutor, the uh, special counsel, Robert Mueller, from removal by Donald Trump. McConnell says that um, the the bill to to protect 
Mueller will go to the floor, the full Senate, for a vote only over his dead body. I don't think he should fire Mueller, and I don't think he's going to. So this is a piece of legislation that's not necessary in my judgment. Well, obviously, a number of your colleagues fear it enough to say it should be in there as an insurance Yeah, but I'm, I'm the one who decides what we, what we take to the floor. That's right. my responsibility as the majority leader, and we'll not be having this on the floor of the Senate. Would you be shocked if he did fire him? Uh, yes, I don't think he should, and I don't think he will. We will not be having this on the floor of the Senate. He is not just against uh, uh, protecting Robert Mueller for some reason here. He's against even letting his own colleagues, his own Republican colleagues, vote for it or vote for or against it. Just incredible. In response, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer responded that McConnell is making a mistake. Schumer charges that, quote, we ought to head off a constitutional crisis at the pass rather than waiting until it's too late. I hope the Judiciary Committee moves forward with a bill and that members of Senate McC Senator McConnell's caucus push him to reconsider. This would certainly not be the only time that McConnell was an obstructionist on this point. Uh, Barack Obama, the Obama administration, his uh, uh, intelligence community is said to have brought concerns before the 2016 election about Russian interference in the election, brought, uh, in the election, brought those concerns to House and Senate leadership. McConnell was reportedly the obstructionist who uh, kept anyone who, who kept them from uh, announcing anything about that prior to the uh, 2016 presidential election. And here he is now uh, blocking the investigation or blocking the uh, legislation to protect Robert Mueller, who is investigating that matter, blocking that legislation, bipartisan legislation from coming to the floor at all for an up or down vote. Which makes me wonder, what is he afraid of? Why is he afraid of his Republican colleagues having the opportunity to even vote it down? I guess because maybe he doesn't want that to be on the record. I guess. Who knows? And and also, mm. right but now... But it's on the record now that he's blocking it. That's true. That's true. And it will be interesting to see if there is, by any chance, oh, I don't know, the corporate media responding to that and asking him again and again and again, why won't you do that? Sort of making a deal out of it? Well, why would he do that? Why would they do that? They didn't uh, do that when it came to blocking a, uh, a, a Supreme legitimate Court? Supreme Court nominee for yeah. almost a year. Nonetheless, the Senate Judiciary Committee does plan to vote on the bipartisan legislation to help protect the special counsel from political interference. Despite McConnell's vow to keep it from coming to the floor for a uh, for a full vote, Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa and the Judiciary Committee chair, announced on Wednesday, just one day after McConnell's remarks on Fox, that the legislation is now on the committee agenda for Thursday, but an actual vote is expected to be delayed until next week. Grassley said, I can't worry about what's going on on the floor last fall. He said, I uh, promised we're not going to do anything in this area unless competing bipartisan bills are combined to come together. Well, they got together, says Grassley, so I feel an obligation to keep my word and move forward. McConnell's remarks, if he stays true to his word to block the legislation, would be a major blow to his fellow Republican senators, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, they have teamed up with Democrats to come up with a bipartisan compromise 
that would allow the special counsel 10 days after being terminated to seek a judicial review of the dismissal. Both of the Republican senators said in recent interviews that while they believe Mueller won't be fired for some reason, I don't know where they get that idea, uh, but that's what they say. Uh, Nonetheless, while they believe he won't be fired, passing legislation would amount to an important precedent for both Trump and future presidents. Tillis said he would work hard to convince Mitch McConnell to take the bill up after it clears committee as expected, arguing it's his responsibility, McConnell's, to uh, to get it uh, 60 votes and then ship it to the House. Graham said, quote, I don't believe Trump's going to fire Mueller, but there's always intrigue. Special counsels are rare, but there's really no infrastructure around them to protect them from political interference. And we're going to protect them through judicial review, said Graham. Of course, that's not all that uh, McConnell, whose legislative career will hopefully be known for his unprecedented obstructionism of issues big and small, including, uh, as we mentioned, uh, blocking Obama's moderate, exceedingly qualified Supreme Court nominee Merrick Garland from ever coming up for a vote uh, for a full year. But anyway, that's not all that uh, he was busy saying no to on Fox News. Similarly, McConnell undercut an emerging bipartisan effort to replace two different year, years-old war, war authorizations uh, with a new proposal that would uh, soon get that will soon get a vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The GOP leader said that he'll take a look at that. He'll take a look at what the Senate panel can pass. But he said he's more than comfortable using the existing war authorizations, which were enacted in 2001 and 2002. Those authorizations are for going to war or at least using military force against those who were involved with the 9-11 attacks and then in Iraq. But they have been used for all sorts of U.S. military escapades in the uh, years since their passage. And both House Speaker Paul Ryan and now Mitch McConnell have both cited those two authorizations now almost 20 years old. That authorization, they say, is fine for Trump's two separate bombing campaigns against the sovereign nation of Syria, which had nothing whatsoever to do with 9-11 in any way, shape or form. That uh, is just fine by them uh, rather than, you know, hold a constitutional vote on actual authorization to go to war. They refused to do that in 2013 when uh, President Obama had asked for such an authorization. Or in 2017 or 2018, just last week, when Trump bombed Syria both times with no such authorization. Speaking of which, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis reportedly urged President Trump to get congressional authorization before the U.S. launched airstrikes against Syria last week. But uh, Mattis was overruled by Donald Trump, who wanted a rapid and dramatic response Military and administration officials say, according to The New York Times, Trump, the official said, wanted to be seen as backing up a series of bellicose tweets that he made about bombing Syria. 
with uh, action, but was warned that an overly aggressive response risked igniting a wider war with Russia. Friday night's limited strike strikes on just three targets, which lasted under two minutes. That apparently was the compromise. Until this month, uh, Mattis had a, uh, a buffer at the White House, says the Times, in the former National Security Advisor, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, who uh, often deferred to the defense secretary on such matters. The arrival of Trump's new national security advisor, however, John Bolton, means that buffer is now gone when it comes to issues like this. As he pressed his case last week before the uh, allied strikes with Britain and France, Mattis lost the battle over getting uh, uh, congressional authorization. But, the Times says, he won the larger war in that the strikes were limited to just three targets that did not risk endangering Russian troops who are scattered at military installations across Syria. Um, so that's where we are there. And uh, that's not particularly comforting, frankly, given the idea that you know, if Donald Trump decides he wants to go to war and the his own defense secretary says, Mr. President, this is not a good idea or we need to get authorization for this. Trump is more than happy to go around him. Well, that's his right. He's the commander in chief. But uh, Jim Mattis has not said anything about it. He did not uh, resign in opposition. And that might explain why uh, Donald Trump, after the announcement, uh, after the news broke of the uh, attack, uh, Trump went on air, said that this would be a sustained attack. But Mattis and General Joe Dunford, the chair of the Joint Chiefs, in their press conference said, no, this is actually just a one shot deal. That, as Mattis admitted to Congress the day before, the day before the bombings, that uh, the Pentagon had no actual evidence to show that Syria was actually responsible for alleged chemical attacks that had taken place one week earlier. It appears that the evidence was Trump's tweets that needed to be backed up. Yep. Some uh, slightly better news here as we go to air, just breaking from a federal court in Kansas where Republican Secretary of State there and longtime GOP voter fraud fraudster Chris Kobach has been disastrously defending his law requiring proof of citizenship papers for people registering to vote. Uh, that measure has uh, kept tens of thousands of Kansans off the rolls for years. The judge within the past hour appears to have found in favor of the voter plaintiffs in that case who were represented by the ACLU. According to the judge's order, defendants are hereby enjoined from enforcing uh, KSS, this particular law, as to individuals who apply to register to vote in federal elections at the same time that they apply for or renew a driver's license. The secretary of state is directed to register for federal elections. All otherwise eligible motor voter registration applicants that have been canceled or in, are in suspense due solely to their failure to provide those uh, proof of citizen uh, documents. Moreover, so that's good news for about, I think, 17,000 voters uh, who had uh, been kept from voting in this particular case. Moreover, the judge, who happens to be a George W. Bush appointee, by the way, also held Chris Kobach in contempt of court. 
for his uh, behavior uh, during the trial. This would be the second time, by the way, that Chris Kobach has been fa- has been found in contempt in relation to this matter. Kobach was also the head of Donald Trump's so-called voter fraud committee commission, which was disbanded earlier this year after losing court battle after court battle, including a lawsuit by one of its own commissioners. So we may have uh, more on that Kansas case, uh, that ruling that is just breaking now uh, in the days ahead. But this is a reminder that Kobach is running for the Republican nomination for governor this year in Kansas, even after being held in contempt of federal court twice. That's the same thing, by the way, that Donald Trump uh, pardoned Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio for for uh, being held in contempt of federal court orders. Uh, he let him off the hook. I mean, what happened? What? Uh, this is uh, I know you're looking at me, Des. This is a, um, a rhetorical question. But yeah. what happened? To uh, the Republican Party, the rule of law. Remember, law and order Republicans. What happened to them? Oh, it's almost like they're hypocrites or something. Or something. Uh, so just um, amazing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he'll he'll be running. If he wins, the, if he, Chris Kobach wins the nomination in Kansas, he will be running for governor, even after all of that. And in related news today... Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that he would be granting conditional pardons to every parolee in the state. That's 35,000 of them in order to restore their voting rights. Cuomo, who is facing a primary challenge this year from uh, the from the left, from the progressive uh, actress and activist Cynthia Nixon, with today's announcement, uh, appears to have, she says that uh, with today's announcement, Cuomo appears to have made an end run around the state legislature where Republicans had been stymieing his effort. Uh, in New York, the law bars felons who are on parole from voting. Cynthia Nixon said, We don't buy the governor's new song and dance routine. Voter suppression in New York should have ended eight years ago. From the rights of parolees to access to early voting and automatic registration. Nonetheless, uh, unless it's challenged in court, that is uh, good news that 35,000 parolees will now be able to vote in uh, in New York. And uh, it looks like Cynthia Nixon's efforts to push the governor to the left, whether she's successful in winning the nomination uh, against the sitting Democratic uh, Democratic governor in New York, whether she's successful or not, it looks like she's doing a good job already of pushing him uh, to the left. And that's a good thing. Yeah, especially definitely. Especially when it comes to voters. Uh, <laughs> and but hey, voting rights. Yep. Uh, but hey, speaking of uh, parolees being allowed to vote, one of them is now actually running for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate this year in West Virginia. And uh, he just may win that nomination despite just getting out of jail in relation to the deaths of 29 coal miners at his company's own mine. We'll head to coal country for details on that and whether the coal-loving conservative Democratic, or I should say Democrat-ish, incumbent Senator Joe Manchin whether he'll be able to hold on to his seat this November. Our good friend Bob Kincaid from West Virginia joins us next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Under the ground lay old King Cole, and he lay most peacefully. He rode in might and splendor, and there was none so grand as he. But men came along for to tunnel him out, and topple him from his throne. They tore him down to steal his crown, for there's power in the old black stone. For there's fire in the heart of old King Cole, the strength of centuries in his soul. There's a power that grows where his black blood flows, so here's to old King Cole. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Don Blankenship, the convicted former coal baron who is now seeking the Republican nomination, in the West Virginia Senate primary is filing a motion to try to have a 2015 guilty verdict against him invalidated, even though he has lost a similar bid last, just last October to have the Supreme Court review the conviction. Blankenship, whose decades-long grip on power over the coal industry and the politicians who support it in West Virginia, was once notoriously dubbed by Rolling Stone as the Dark Lord of Coal Country. But that changed with his federal conviction in April of 2016, six years after an explosion ripped through Massey Energy's upper Big Branch mine, killing 29 coal workers. Blankenship was found guilty of conspiracy to violate federal mine safety laws in what led to the deadliest incident in American coal mining history, or at least in about 40 years. That disaster prompted the inquiry that ultimately led to his conviction and his one-year prison term before his release from prison in May of 2017. He is currently on probation after serving that year in a federal pen. In a press release published on Monday announcing the pending motion to overturn his guilty verdict, Blankenship's campaign website states, quote, lies about Don do not serve any good for West Virginia or its miners. Blankenship, the former Massey Energy CEO who is seeking to win the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate in the upcoming May 8th primary, to run against West Virginia's incumbent Democratic Senator Joe Manchin this November. Uh, he said in a statement that his attorneys tell him that they expect the case will likely be nullified or dismissed, though they can't predict the timing as to when that might happen. Mark Hand of Think Progress observes that a successful bid to get that guilty verdict nullified or dismissed could help Blankenship's chances in a general election against Manchin if he manages to win the upcoming Republican primary. What was once thought to be unthinkable that Blankenship might become the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in West Virginia 
has now become quite thinkable indeed, it seems. At least the Republican Party seems to think so, and they seem to fear as much. While there have been few public polls of the current race for the Republican nomination, what little data is available suggests that Blankenship's numbers are now on the rise, and he very well may defeat a number of opponents who are all racing to the right in the state where Donald Trump reportedly remains very popular even today. Blankenship's popularity is starting to worry top national Republicans. The GOP fears the self-financed ex-con who describes himself as a political prisoner targeted with false charges and a political prosecution by Hillary Clinton and Joe Manchin and Barack Obama's Department of Justice. They fear that uh, the GOP fears that he is too toxic to win the November general election against Manchin, even as the conservative Democratic senator is considered to be vulnerable because Donald Trump won the state by 40, uh, 40 points in 2016. Climate Progress's Joe Rome reports, Republicans are so desperate to defeat the ex-con Cole Barron in the GOP's West Virginia Senate primary that they are even running ads pretending to care about toxic coal waste in hopes of defeating him. Former Massey Energy CEO Don Blankenship is seeing a surge in popularity, Rome reports, even though he's still on probation. In response, the normally pro-pollution GOP has begun running ads there, pretending to care about the environment in order to attack Blankenship. As Politico reported on Sunday, the Republican establishment has launched an emergency intervention and created a secret front group called Mountain Families Pack to run ads against Blankenship, targeting him for releasing toxic coal sludge into the drinking supply. Who will clean up Washington? Not convicted criminal Don Blankenship. His company got caught pumping 1.4 billion gallons of toxic coal slurry, contaminating water supplies, leading to dirty, foul-smelling water that neighbors claimed caused birth defects and cancers. But Blankenship installed a separate water line that pumped clean water to his mansion. Isn't there enough toxic sludge in Washington? Mountain Families Pack is responsible for the content of this advertising. <laughs> Well, I guess it's nice that the GOP is suddenly concerned about coal sludge and clean drinking water, or at least pretending to be. In a statement posted to his campaign website this week, Blankenship responded by saying, quote, the Republican Party's swampers in Washington have come to the surface to oppose my candidacy for the U.S. Senate, adding that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell Another coal fan in Kentucky, quote, is likely lying when he says he fears I will not be able to defeat Joe Manchin in the fall. If he is not lying, he certainly has no idea what the political realities are in West Virginia. McConnell should not be in the U.S. Senate, Blankenship added, let alone be the Republican majority leader. He is a swamp captain. The Russians and McConnell should both stop interfering with elections outside their jurisdictions. Well, as the state primary in West Virginia is now just three short weeks away, nobody understands the political realities in West Virginia better than our longtime coal country friend, Bob Kincaid. He is the co-founder of the Appalachian Community's Health Emergency Campaign, president of Coal River Mountain Watch, host and creator of the Head On Radio Network, 
and a longtime leader in the fight against mountaintop removal coal mining and the horrors that accompany it in West Virginia coal country. Welcome back to the broadcast, Bob Kincaid. I'm just tickled to be here, Brad. Good to talk to you. And always great to talk to you. So, hey, do the uh, GOPers really have themselves another Roy Moore problem on their hands uh, here with uh, Don Blankenship, Bob? Well, I'm going to have to shower with bleach as soon as we're done talking, but uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for him. <laughs> I, 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 I want him to be the GOP nominee because he's the Republicanist Republican out there. Yeah, and that's saying a lot, given these other guys. I, I want to play uh, one, a couple of their ads, perhaps, uh, just to give folks an idea about how Republican these Republicans are out there in West Virginia. But, uh, Bob, can, can Don Blankenship even vote for himself since he's still out on probation after serving that year in prison for his yeah, part? Sure, because, absolutely, Brad, because, remember, defrauding shareholders is a federal felony. Incinerate, incinerating 29 minors is only a misdemeanor. Is that what, it, it, what his, he was in jail? It was only a misdemeanor charge? Correct. Wow. It, it looks like, until recently, Blankenship was thought to be uh, impossible, thought to be a long shot. Uh, the few polls taken in the race didn't even consider him a possibility worth polling in recent months. What, what has changed out there, Bob? He was a viable possibility all along. The fact that the pollsters were too silly to ask people, frankly, is not his fault. <laughs> and and let me clarify something uh, about something he said, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, far be it from me to defend Mitch McConnell, but Mitch McConnell is not a swamper. We all know that Muscle Shoals has got the swampers, and they've been known to pick a song or two. <laughs> what, 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 what does that mean? You Really, you don't think that Mitch McConnell is, is part of the swamp? Uh, no, I, uh, it's it's a it's a play on the old Leonard Skinner uh, lyric. Remember, right. Sweet Home Alabama, sure. Muffle Shoals has got the swamp. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, it, it's it, it's all swamp. I mean, Don Blankenship is the ultimate swamp. Uh, he's the ultimate. If 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 mm -hmm. McConnell's a swamp captain, right? Uh, Don Blankenship is a swamp field marshal. Right. He, you know, he. Remember, he got behind he got behind a Supreme Court candidate in this state some years back solely so that he could protect Massey Energy from a verdict, a, a jury verdict against which, uh, well, well, the verdict that they deserved, trying to make sure that the verdict would be overturned when it got to the Supreme Court. That's swampy behavior, if you know, if anything is. And and the fine thanks that Mitch McConnell gets is an attack from Don Blankenship. But uh, they're all running uh, for the coal vote, obviously, in West Virginia. They're all trying to be as as Trumpy as possible. What do we know about uh, his his main opponents here who seem to be uh, Congressman Evan Jenkins and uh, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey? And I guess uh, perhaps this uh, Alex Mooney. Uh, what do we know about uh, the three of them? And and I'll, I'll play one of the ads, but I want to get your thoughts on... The, uh, well, Evan, yeah. Jen Evan Jenkins is my congressman, yeah. to the extent that I've got a congressman. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell is that he only shows up when there's a camera pointed at him. Uh, he's a Republican right now, but he used to be a Democrat. Before that, he was a Republican, and then he was a Democrat before that. But all, you know, all, the, all the way through, he is a diehard... Uh, well, uh, we refer to them around here as Fokker, friend of Cole. Uh, <laughs> Then there's Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, 
And uh, if, if we were putting drug dealers in prison and serious about it here in West Virginia, he'd be wearing orange by now because he's up to his eyeballs in the opioid industry and mm-hmm. opioid industry drug money from, from Big Pharma. And then, and, and he's also, he's also a Looney Tunes, uh, anti, uh, anti-choice, uh, cretin. And speaking of Looney, there's Mooney. And, uh, he's, he's just some guy from Maryland that wanted to have a congressional seat. And so he ran for one in West Virginia. It's it's kind of crazy. I was watching the ads for all of these uh, various characters. Uh, hard to pick which one is the craziest as they all try to cozy up to Trump here. Uh, but let me play this uh, ad from uh, Morrissey, Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, uh, just to give listeners an idea how insane this race really is. I'm Patrick Morrissey, and I approve this message. We fought Obama's war on our jobs and culture. Patrick Morrissey beat Obama at the Supreme Court, saving coal jobs, blocked Obama's illegal amnesty. Let's take on Washington with our West Virginia conservative values. Let's not just change Washington, let's blow it up and reinvent it. That's better. We'll take on Washington liberals. Keep their hands off our guns. Stop their pro-abortion agenda. I'm the conservative fighter who went for West Virginia. Now, he uh, in that ad, he drops a huge mountain on top of the U.S. Capitol. That's that explosion you hear when he says, let's blow it up. It also includes the ad, uh, includes a quote from the so-called West Virginia record claiming that, quote, Morrissey deserves praise for defending West Virginia coal miners. But that West Virginia record, uh, are, are you familiar with them, Bob Kincaid? I That's not one I read every morning. Yeah, because it's fake. It's one of these fake news sites that's actually run by the, I believe it's the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce. And they put this ad up there as if it's the West Virginia record, the the great West Virginia paper. Well, they put, they put Patrick Morrissey up there as if he was from West Virginia. <laughs> that's the damnedest West Virginia accent I've ever heard. Where's he from? Joycey. Uh, is that right? So he, he's a carpetbagger as well as being a, a, a nutball. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, exit, exit 27, West Virginia, New Jersey. <laughs> now, uh, TPM reports that none of these guys, Morrissey, uh, Jenkins, uh, Mooney, none of them have been going after uh, Blanken, Blankenship directly. Do you expect that's going to change now that Blankenship is, uh, appears to be moving up in the polls? He's spending millions of dollars on his own ads. Will they turn against him out there in West Virginia? They really, they, they really don't know quite what to do with him because, uh, frankly, Don Blankenship doesn't give a damn. He has, he has that in common with, uh, with Geezer Disgustus over in the White House. It, it, it seems like everything just bounces off of him, and, <laughs> it, and, and main, mainly because he can just push it off to one side, he can run his own ads, he can self-finance his compa- uh, campaign, and uh, there's a certain element of people in this state who would vote for the devil himself, and Blankenship is pretty close, uh, if, uh, if he said that, uh, if, you know, I hate that Obama, and, and that's exactly what he's done. He has positioned, he's, he's not running against Morrissey or, or Jenkins. He's running against Barack Obama. And in this state, that still works, because, mm. you know, 
that Kenyan Muslim usurper had him a war on coal and about knocked us down is what he done did. TPM's uh, Cam Joseph reports uh, former West Virginia GOP chair Doug McKinney uh, saying that there's a feeling among some of the st- some in the state that Blankenship got a raw deal and being sent to jail, that it was actually the government that was involved in the upper big branch explosion rather than Massey Energy. And and while apparently McKinney is supporting uh, Jenkins in this race, he believes that uh, he, he believes Blankenship on that particular point. Is is that a wide enough held belief to, to win it for Blankenship either in May or November? Do they really think that this was a, uh, a political prosecution by the Obama Department of Justice? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there are some Republicans who do feel that way, but it really it really doesn't matter. It's the it's the anti Obama aspect of it uh, that sells. Mm. I mean, the idea that that having already had his uh, bid to have that conviction overturned thrown out, that this time it's going to work. See, here's here's where here's where Blankenship's reasoning fails. He wasn't convicted by Barack Obama sitting there. Oh, I've got him with the strawberries. No, he wasn't convicted by uh, Gina McCarthy from the EPA. He wasn't convicted by Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or or, or, or any of those people. He was convicted by a group of West Virginians, tried and true, who sat in that jury box, heard all the evidence, and it was a complex trial that went on forever. And they said, no, we're not going to say that he defrauded the shareholders. But, yeah, he he played fast and loose with the mine regs. And you forget that they didn't just come to that on their own. There was evidence presented to them competently uh, before the court of, of his behavior that led them to the conclusion that he didn't much care about safety regulations. I mean, the man had a history of saying things like, if you're working, if you're working on safety, you ain't moving coal. Work like you mean it. You know, you would, th- and, and and that was from another case where somebody else got killed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's striking to me here. You would think, as much as everybody seems to play the game uh, nationally and in the state when it comes to uh, you know Republicans and Democrats alike, and we'll get to them in a moment, uh, Bob Kincaid. But you would think when you know twenty nine coal miners were killed. Uh, because of the practices by uh, Blankenship's company, you would think they would want to hold someone accountable for that rather than reward them uh, with the nomination to the U.S. Senate, much less the actual U.S. Senate seat. Uh, Meanwhile, the national GOP is claiming, they're claiming at least, they're not going to help Blankenship if, in fact, uh, he wins the nomination. The uh, National Republican Senatorial Committee Chair, Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado, uh, quipped that he wasn't even sure Blankenship could vote or leave his house, quote, with that ankle bracelet on, talking about his um, uh, being out on parole uh, when uh, he was asked about Blankenship's chances to win. He said, Gardner did, that West Virginia will do the right thing and send someone who can actually win. But uh, to the uh, nomination, is there any doubt Bob, that the GOP will get behind Blankenship if he does win, just the way they got behind the accused child molester, Roy Moore, when he won the Alabama Senate nomination last year in that special election. Well, not to be all gross, Brad, but a dog returneth ever to its vomit, all right? <laughs> and if he if he's the nominee, suddenly he will be the second coming of George freaking Washington as far as the GOP is concerned, and they can't tell me otherwise. 
uh, because they're a cynical lot. All that you know, the, the the Republican Party is nothing but party over people. Party first, all, party first, party middle, party last, party always. I mean, that's that's how you get a, a Roy Tolamore, and that's and that's what they'll do here with Don Blankenship. And let me let me clarify something real quick. In mm-hmm. that ad, the clip of which you played yeah. uh, at the top, mm-hmm. where they talk about. Some people say their water gave their babies birth defects. These cynical bastards. Uh, The fact of the matter is, I know, I'm I'm pretty well versed in the science uh, uh, around the public health crisis occasioned by mountaintop removal. Mm -hmm. They haven't even bothered with it. Uh, The fact of the matter is, most of the health impacts that are coming from mountaintop removal are airborne. Okay, mm-hmm. it has nothing. It has little or nothing to do with water. Mm. But this is the same GOP that actively uh, applauded the suppression of a review of that same mountaintop removal yeah. uh, uh, public health data by the National Academy of Sciences. Yeah, I think that's uh, last time you were on. I think we were talking yeah. about exactly that. Bob, let me take a quick break here, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the other side of the equation. Uh, your very good friend, Democratic Senator, the incumbent Democratic Senator, Joe Manchin, uh, who considered vulnerable. That's who Blankenship hopes to run against this November. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with the great Bob Kincaid, straight from West Virginia, right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate and thanks. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to sit down. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Speaking with our good friend Bob Kincaid of the Head on Radio Network uh, and the uh, co-founder of the Appalachian Community's Health Emergency Campaign and the president of Coal River Mountain Watch in the great state of West Virginia. We're talking about, uh, well, this convicted former coal baron known as the Dark Lord of Coal Country, Don Blankenship, uh, may actually win the nomination for the Republican Party for the U.S. Senate in the uh, upcoming May 8th primary out there in West Virginia as incumbent Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is believed to be vulnerable this November uh, due to Donald Trump's huge 40-point victory in the state back in 2016, uh, after uh, which, uh, Bob, your once nominally Democratic billionaire Governor Jim Justice, he also won in 2016 uh, as a Democrat, but he flipped his party affiliation to Republican just months after winning the election. 
for some reason. Is is uh, is Joe Manchin in West Virginia, the Democrat there, as vulnerable right now as many Democrats seem to fear? I, Brad, I think that that is a bit overblown. Uh, I don't I don't see anything to indicate that uh, yet. Although I mean, this is we this this state is a fickle lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been known to throw twenty plus year congressmen out of office even after they jumped out of a moving airplane to prove how devoted they were to the coal industry. <laughs> so it yeah, it, it could happen. It, it seems it seems like a bit of a long shot though, because Joe's got his own money to spend, and it, it, this is you know this is this is really difficult for me because. Uh, it, it, Joe's a it, Joe's a Democrat the way that you know I'm a, a, a Neptune Lord of the Deep, you know not at all. Right, I, I think you are Neptune Lord of the Deep, Bob. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, well, because I'm trying to get a sense of where West Virginia actually is currently. You know, given the disaster of the Donald Trump presidency uh, and and some evidence that, you know, even in West Virginia, they have had enough, at least if we look at this, you know, huge uprising by the state uh, teachers against the GOP legislature out there just a few weeks ago, demanding raises and, uh, you know, uh, and and school funding in what has touched off similar movements in other so-called red states across the country. Um, Even with a 40-point victory, Back in 2016 for Donald Trump, it 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 kind of amazes me that uh, there would still be that much support for Republicans in the state of West Virginia, given all that we now know and what's been going on there over the past few weeks. A whole lot of white lash still left in West Virginia. Uh, look, it's, uh, I remain convinced that the Obama factor plays into this in a big way. Because if you go further back than 2016, you'll find West Virginia voters. Remember, Democrats retain a registration majority in this state. Mm -hmm. But you'll find West Virginia voters uh, voting for a convicted felon who was behind bars instead of voting for, you know, that Obama, that Kenyan Muslim usurper. So that's, that's, that's the factor that is at work here. And, you know, at one point in time, Brad, we were the Trumpiest place on earth. Right. But we've been supplanted. We're in second place now behind Alabama. <laughs> yeah, you might be. Uh, Manchin is also being challenged, I should note, on May 8th in uh, in that upcoming primary in West Virginia by a very progressive candidate, Paula Jean Swearingen. Uh, she's calling for Medicare for all and uh, really all of the other progressive priorities out there, trying to give uh, Manchin a run for his money. But she doesn't seem to have gained much, if any, traction there. Am I, am I correct? And what do we know about her? Uh, you're correct. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, there is a you know there's a smattering of progressivism in this state. A lot of that is, uh, or some of that is siphoned off into uh, uh, into a third party mm-hmm. here, and that you know that that particular campaign uh, has well. I'd bet on the snowball in hell first. Is okay. there is there any way it, for? A pro- I mean, look. look yeah. Let me let me let me just put it this way. Yeah. And 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 I don't like saying this because uh, these are progressive issues that I support and have a long history of supporting. I've got a tremendous long history mm-hmm. of, of of giving Joe Manchin hell because yep. he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, and but but there's only one way to look at this. If a campaign from the outset 
has a zero or less than zero chance of success, it's not a political campaign. It's a publicity stunt. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what will likely happen? I mean, and this is this is the real uh, and only uh, threat that this campaign uh, uh, poses mm-hmm. is that you will see 2016 redux, mm-hmm. where there, where you know, maybe in the general election you'll have a razor thin margin of victory for somebody. And a bunch of people uh, either staying home or voting for a third-party candidate will be enough to give the victory to the person you really didn't want to win. And that's one of the things I'm I'm worried about. Let me ask before uh, I ask about that point specifically. You know, I like you say you have been no friend to Mansion to say the least over the years, and for very good reason. Uh, we just reported, for example, on our on our uh, Green News report recently how Mansion was one of three red state Democrats who are up for election this year. Uh, He's one of the three that gave the thumbs up to the top coal industry lobbyist, Andrew Wheeler, in his Senate confirmation this past week to become the number two in command at the uh, at the EPA after embattled Chief Scott Pruitt. Uh, So Manchin actually voted for this guy, Wheeler, setting aside, Bob, uh, whether that was the right thing. Uh, for uh, Manchin to do morally, which I can't imagine any legitimate person could argue, um, was it nonetheless the right thing for Manchin to do uh, politically at, at, at this point, uh, you know, as he's heading into this uh, November election in West Virginia? That, that's the calculus that uh, he's going he's gonna to keep the, the, the Trump pansies happy here uh, by voting with the president, and that's probably why he will also vote uh, to confirm Mike Pompeo, a religious maniac and bigot who's nominated to be the Secretary of State, uh, we... because he'll do he'll do their bidding, uh, and and then, uh, but but see the the problem with Manchin is that he does have that D behind his name, mm-hmm. and 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 the the calculus, as far as I can tell it in the Senate, is we're going to let him vote however he feels like he needs to vote, but we want that one vote. That he that, that will be the first vote he casts of the new Congress, if and and if the, there's a Democratic majority, it'll be a vote that he casts to make uh, Chuck Schumer the Senate Majority Leader, and that's the vote they care about, and that's why that's why you, the people in West Virginia, Democrats who you know are real Democrats, mm-hmm. will hold their noses and vote for Manchin in November. That's why real Democrats in North Dakota will hold their noses. And vote for Heidi Heitkamp, mm-hmm. and real Democrats will hold their noses and vote for Claire McCaskill in Missouri because of that one vote that will be the first vote taken in the Senate in 2019. Well, not just that one vote, Bob. It is uh, control. It is majority control of the Senate that is up for grabs, and not just you know on a, on a political basis because, oh, uh, Democrats are better than Republicans, but the fact that we've got all of these federal judgeships coming up, the fact that I consider our country right now, Bob, to be in a, uh, in a national emergency, frankly. And, uh, you know, even if a guy like a right wing uh, Democrat like Manchin is is running against the guy 
like Blankenship or any of the other Republican nominees, uh, it, it seems to, well, what should progressives do in a state like West Virginia uh, or Missouri or North Dakota? What should they do when they're dealing with a, uh, a Democrat like that, in your opinion? You may be asking the wrong guy, Brad, because I can't remember the last time I actually cast a vote for Joe Manchin. Okay, mm -hmm. That having been said, I have an operating strategy of my own. I'm not saying that it's something anybody else needs to adopt, but I'm going to watch. This, this is going to be a, a very closely watched race, so there will be polling data all over the place on it. And as we near the November election, uh, I have set a benchmark of 5%. If whoever the Republican challenger is is within 5% of Joe Manchin, I will, uh, I, I, will, I, will, I will hold my nose, put a bag over my head, and go and, 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 and put on a hazmat suit and three layers of, 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 of uh, latex gloves and vote for Joe Manchin. And then I will go home and hate myself and shower with bleach again. <laughs> but, oh, fair enough. But uh, taking that in mind, then, would you make that same recommendation to progressives around the country? Do you share my my argument here that we are in a national emergency? Uh, oh, yeah, And that, yes, we, that, yeah, that Democrats, like as odious as they may be, or as odious as a guy like Joe Manchin may be, Democrats need to get back majorities in the House and the Senate, and that we no longer have the luxury of uh, hoping, oh, everything will, uh, will work out. This will teach those establishment Democrats lesson i i couldn't agree with you more brad and you say national emergency uh, potato potato i say constitutional crisis we have been in a constitutional crisis and i've been uh, beating this drum for well over a year we've been in a constitutional crisis in this country while the paid to get it wrong so much of the time uh, uh pundit classes well you know it might be in a constitutional crisis mm -hmm. if he gets up and murders a child in the middle of pennsylvania avenue we might be in a constitutional crisis then, Fred. But no, the fact of the matter is we've been in a constitutional crisis ever since the, uh, ever since the Electoral College failed to do that which the framers said the Electoral College was designed to do. And if you let this Congress continue, there is no hope whatsoever of saving the republic and i and you say national emergency mm -hmm. and i'm on board with that we're talking about saving the republic we are watching this country go down the toilet or at least our constitutional form of governance with uh, geezer discussed us in the white house so 2018 is step one 2020 is step two and arguably if this congress remains in republican hands then I'm going to collect on the wager that I made that Donald Trump will be reelected to a second term in November 2020. So yes, I agree with you. Bob Kincaid, uh, host of the uh, of Head On Radio. What's the is it HeadOnRadioNetwork.com? Bob, is that the best way well, to find uh, you? We, we we've had some problems with the site being hacked uh -oh. for a tiny little organization, Brad. Uh -oh. uh, but uh, right now, uh, we re I recommend that people go to headon.live, H-E-A-D-O-N dot L-I-V-E, and you can get the stream of the nightly live program from 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. You can get the, the, uh, the, the previous day's podcast. is just rolling 24-7, and you can come and play in the chat room during the program. And, you know, you can help us keep the program on the air, too. 
That would be nice. Please help uh, support uh, Bob doing that at headon.live. Uh, you can also find him on the Twitters at Bob Kincaid. And, of course, uh, support his work at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW. Dot net, uh, where he has been a hero, a real hero, not a pretend one, uh, for coal miners and their families uh, across the state of West Virginia for a very long time. Feel free to visit crmw.net and hit that PayPal button to help them out with their important work that they are doing uh, and so few others are. Thank you, Brad. Uh, if I may just add one little yep. tiny thing. Yep. I need to make abundantly clear. Coal River Mountain Watch is a 501c3 uh, uh, Tax-exempt mm-hmm. charitable organization. Everything you've just heard me say here is Bob Kincaid's opinion, Bob Kincaid from the Horn. We take no position on any political candidates whatsoever at Coal River Mountain Watch. These are the opinions of Bob Kincaid, private citizen broadcaster, but not Bob Kincaid at Coal River Mountain Watch. That's a different fight. Thank you very much for that clarification, Mr. Kincaid, and I will look forward to talking to you, oh, let's see, uh, sometime either before or after May 8th. Good luck out there. Thanks a bunch. We'll need it. (laughs) I know you do. Okay, uh, we got to get out here. Just amazing. It's all just amazing to me. It's amazing (laughs) that uh, Don Blankenship could actually win the nomination in West Virginia for the U.S. Senate. Uh, it's amazing that uh, Bob Kincaid, of all people, is hoping that he does. <laughs> it's, I know. This is where we are. And it does underscore the importance of the Senate in, I don't know, just about everything from here on out. The idea that uh, even a guy like Bob Kincaid may have to vote for Joe Manchin, Democrat Joe Manchin, uh, who is, like I say, Democrat-ish. Strange days indeed. They are indeed. Uh, Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer, to, of course, my guest today, Bob Kincaid of Head On Radio, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always appreciated. It is a great honor. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, feel free to download it for free anytime at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am just the Brad Blog. Uh, also, if you listen to our show regularly and are able, a, a, a donation at bradblog.com slash donate is greatly appreciated so that we and guys like Bob Kincaid can stay on the air. It is done only with your support. My thanks to those of you who have already stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to do exactly that. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.